Happy Sabbath. I come here this morning from Crawfordville. They send you greetings from the Crawfordville Church. We want to encourage you and you encourage us. Also, uh, I enjoyed the warm weather this morning, didn't you? I know that it's supposed to be cool in December, but I think coolness, I've been where it's cool. I pastored up in North Dakota, and cool is cool up there. And sometimes 20 and 30 below, that's cool. And when I went there, my parishioners used to tell me, Pastor, you don't fight the weather, you live with the weather. Your weather down here is a lot easier to live with. So now we bow our heads for a word of prayer. Gracious Father, we thank you for your kindness and love. Oh, Father, we desperately need to understand ourselves that we may better surrender to you and to recognize that sometimes we are going in the wrong direction. But, Father, make us wise and strong and holy in all that we do that people may see the compassion of God and the love of God in our actions. In Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, as we started a series the last time I came, Why You Do What You Do, this is part two. There are some people that are just gifted, aren't there? They, they seem destined to succeed. De- destined in the blessed and special. The individual that comes to my mind is Absalom. He is the third son. He's not the second son. He's not the first son. The first son, Absalom, deals with him. The second son is just Abigail's son, and he, uh, he just, you don't hear much about him. But Absalom, as we start to unpack this individual, Absalom is revengeful. He takes things into his own hands. Absalom, her brother, said to her, Has Amnon, your your brother, been with you? But now keep silent, my sister. He is your brother. Do not take this matter to heart. So Tamar remained remained and was desolate in her, her brother's Absalom's house. In other words, she never married. She was looking forward to it. Amnon had ruined it. And Absalom knew about it. He had a convictions. But Absalom was not truthful. He went to the king one day and said, I want to have a party for all the king's sons. But he had an intent in that party to do something. That intent was Absalom commanded his servants, saying, See now, when Amnon's heart is merry with wine, when I say to you, strike Amnon, then put him to death. Do not fear. Have not I myself commanded you, be courageous and be valiant. Absalom lied to his father. Absalom is a leader but he's misusing his gifts. Absalom plays on his father's love. 
He is brought back, but not allowed to be there. And the heart of the king David longed to go out to Absalom, for he was comforted concerning Amnon since he was dead. David is a complicated person. Sometimes we make him the hero, we make him the the outstanding patriarch, but if you look at his life, the only thing that makes David an outstanding patriarch is he loves God. He is not flawless. He is full of, what would you say, inconsistencies. He did nothing to Amnon while he raped his daughter. He said nothing. The scripture is very clearly quiet. Absalom is revengeful. Absalom saw himself as destined and blessed and special because listen to what he did. David had begun to see the evil effects of his indulgence towards his children and tenderly as he loved this beloved and gifted son he felt it necessary as a lesson to both Absalom and to the people that the adhorrence for such a crime should be manifested. David, at this first time, he basically said, Absalom, you're in trouble. He had indulged this child that was specially, had special gifts. He indulged him. Absalom's greatest fear was to be a nobody. Nobody wants to be a nobody. Do they? You say, why, Pastor Alto, are you talking like this? Because people who fear there be nobodies do a lot of things to be somebody. Even if they're gifted, they will not use the gifts the right way. Absalom lived two years in his house, but banished from the court. His sister dwelt with him. Her presence kept alive the memory of the irreparable wrong she had suffered. In the popular estimate, the prince was the hero rather than the offender. All of Israel looked on to to him as as the hero. In some ways, it seems like he was. Yet, was he really a hero? Or was he serving self, covered up with this indignation of what happened to his son, his sister? Absalom is admired by all. He was this man, when he walked in, you could tell it. Here's what the scripture says. Now in all of Israel was no one as handsome as Absalom. So highly praised from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head, there was not a defect in him. This guy looked what? When he walked in the room, all the girls went what? Ooh. He's what? Cute. He's a hunk of a man. He's impressive. 
And Samson, what? Knew it. But I mean, not Samson, but Absalom knew it. Absalom reaction to Job's brush off. Somebody that wants to be somebody doesn't like to be a nobody that nobody hears. Joab had been an instrument in bringing him back home to Israel. He had opened the way there and Absalom wanted more. In fact, it says, therefore he said to his servants, see, Joab's field is next to mine. He has barley there. Go and set it on fire. So Absalom's servants set the field on fire. That got Uncle Joab's attention. His barley field is burned down, and he knows who burned it down. That nephew of mine. Because I didn't go at his beckoning command. You see, Absalom is this person that is bold. Absalom is is guilty, but he's bold. I mean, how bold can you get when Absalom answered Joab, Behold, I sent for you, saying, Come here, that I may send you to the king to say, Why have I come from Gersh? It would be better for me still to be there. Now, therefore, let me see the king face. And if there is any inequity in me, let him put me to death. Is he bold? Is he? I think he's bold, isn't he? I think he's arrogant. I think he is saying to Joab, you are a nobody, and I am Absalom, my daddy's favorite. Why didn't you come when I told you to come? And you didn't come, so I burnt your field down. I see it worked. This is Absalom. Why does he do what he do? Why does he do what he's doing? Absalom was the dominant emotional need was significance. How do I know? Because the scripture describes it for me. Now it came to about after this that Absalom provided for himself a chariots and horses and 50 men as runners before him. He is playing the king to be. Okay? I don't know what happened to Abigail's son, or maybe he just decided he didn't want to be king and wanted to get out of the the, the mix, or he died early. We don't know. But Absalom's the third one on on line for the throne, and he is acting like he's what? There. That's arrogance. When the king is still alive. That's almost like the, product, the son, the prodigal son, when he said, Dad, I want to get my inheritance now before you die. You see, this son, it has problems, but he's gifted. 
Absalom's sure style of relating was being a leader. Absalom was absolutely a leader. He was called to, he was made to lead. You know, there's some people who are made to help. And there are other people who are made to, to lead. Absalom's ability was to lead, and truly he was. That was his, his, his way of relating, what to lead. Absalom used to rise early, in the, early and stand beside the way of the gate. And when any man had a suit to come to the king for judgment, Absalom would call him and say, From what city are you? And he would say, Your servant is from one of the tribes of Israel. He is using his leadership skills for himself. Absalom backed up style of relating to manipulate people mentally. He was a leader, but his backup style was to get what he wanted to manipulate. In fact, the scripture describes it this way. Then Absalom would say to him, See, your claims are good and right, but no man listens to you on part of the king. If I, he's saying, no one is listening. Is he setting up the dynamics to take over? He is winning the hearts of people by manipulation. Absalom wants to use any, well, use, Absalom uses any means to get what he wants. He is unscrupulous. He is a leader. But here's what the scripture goes again and says. Moreover, Absalom would say, Oh, that one would appoint me judge in the land. Then every man has any suit or cause would come to me and I would give him justice. Absalom. Where is he headed? A man who wants to be significant, a man who's using manipulation to lead people astray. Absalom was energetic, ambitious, and unprincipled. That's all he is. He's energetic. And when a man came near to to prostrate himself before him, he would put out his hand and take hold of him and kiss him. Absalom was manipulating the mind and he was at the same time giving a picture that he really cared. Absalom allowed his mind to play with revenge. How many of us have ever allowed your mind to play with revenge, getting even? How you can set the traps how are you going to straighten the problem out this morning? Absalom's energetic and ambitious, unprincipled, shut out by his exile from participating in the affairs of the kingdom, soon gave himself up to dangerous scheming. He is a leader, but unprincipled. He is revengeful. He is a liar. And he is setting out 
to do things. Absalom's greatest strength was to visualize. He could see a job as a leader, what needed to be done, and he could visualize it. Now, how he was about it is two different things. But he is a leader. The church needs leaders this morning that can visualize the work going forward. But it does not lead leaders who will use manipulation. Our greatest, I think one of the greatest dangers for a leader is to see what needs to be done without in helping others to see it. But go ahead and doing it your way. In this manner, Absalom dealt with all of Israel who came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole away the hearts of the men of Israel. He manipulated it and said, I care, David doesn't. That's not true, was it? But he, leader, he saw what he could do, but his unprincipled life Serving self. Ellen White wrote this about this man. Absalom, his, his, his son, his own son, whom he loved above all of his children, rebelled against him by his remarkable beauty and winning manner and pretended, to, pretended kindness. He cunningly stole the hearts of the people. He did not possess the benevolence of at heart, but was ambitious and as his course shows, would resort to intrigue and crime to obtain the kingdom. Listen to how she described him for a second. Absalom was the favorite child of David. That's not my word. favored. Above all of his children, David loved Absalom. Rebellion and he rebelled against David. His remarkable beauty and in winning matters. When you met Absalom, you had somebody that would impress you, that would win your heart over but he was using it for self. He was using it for self-significance. He was using it for self-glorification. He was using it for how I can be the king. Absalom lived for significance. Everybody wants their life to count for something. But I believe the most significant thing that we can leave behind is a picture of Jesus Christ. I believe that most significant thing is how impactful it changes the world. Absalom was looking for significance and Ahithophel was a man who could read the heart and Ahithophel knew how to string this guy along. Hithophel was Bathsheba's grandfather. 
So Ahithophel was wanting to what? Even the what? The score. Ahithophel was serving self too. Said to Absalom, go into your father's concubines whom he has left to keep the house. Then all of Israel will hear that you have made yourself odious to your father. The hand of all of it, uh, hands of all who are with you will also be strengthened. Ahithophel goes and hangs himself after this. Absalom still thinks if things turn bad, he can get a what? I am daddy's favorite. And when some parents play favorites over children, the child ends up thinking, man, I can get away with anything. Okay? I'm going to go back in the Bible and take you another spot. Esau and Jacob. Isaac loved what? Esau. And Rachel loved Jacob. Why do you think Esau thought he could still have the blessing even though he sold it away? Because he was daddy's what? Favorite. He didn't really appreciate the spiritual blessing. He just thought it could never go away. Absalom thought the same thing. Absalom is reckless, recklessly pursued significance. He gets on his donkey, runs out to capture David, lead Israel into the battle. Now Absalom happened to meet a servant of David. One on one. For Absalom was riding his mule, and his mule went under the thick branches of an oak, great oak. And his head caught fast in the oak, so he was left hanging between heaven and earth. And while the mule was under him, kept what? Going. Absalom is in big what? The man of significance got caught by nature. The man who knows what he's doing and how he's never going to have a problem has got himself a what? A problem. Absalom meets his match. There was no one more cunning and more deceitful than Uncle what? Joab. Joab is his uncle. He is his uncle. No, his cousin, excuse me. Joab is his cousin because Joab's mother was David's sister. So he's his cousin. So we have the older cousin finding the younger cousin hanging in a tree. And that younger cousin had caused him much 
trouble. Joab said, I will not waste time here with you to the guy who brought the news. So he took three spears in his hands and thrust them through the heart of Absalom while he was yet alive in the mist of the tree, or the mist of the oak. Absalom probably saw Joab coming and coming with three spears. And Joab had had it up to here with cousin Absalom. Joab takes his life. And then they took Absalom and cast him into a deep pit in the forest and erected over him a very great heap of stone. And all of Israel fled, each to his, his tent. Absalom, who wanted to be significant, is out in the, buried in a pit out in the woods and nobody knows where it's at. Is he so significant now? Absalom, why you do what you do? Absalom was gifted in leadership. He was blessed. He was special. To make himself used his destiny, his blessings, and his specialness to make himself significant. The need for significance was the driving force in his life. The surest and safest way to, safest style of relating was to lead. His greatest strength was that he could visualize what needed to be done to accomplish the task at hand. His dysfunctional backup style was to manipulate people mentally. He said, I don't have a problem with that. Judas' backup style was perfectionism. Did it cost him? Absalom's backup style was manipulation. Does it cost him? Both of these men I've mentioned so far, if they would have allowed Christ to be the leadership in their heart, they would have been dynamic people for God. Absalom's greatest need was humility. The lack of humility fed his revengeful spirit. Self-justification and the use of manipulation. Absalom did not have the true biblical leader's heart of a servant. He is insignificant today and will be insignificant for eternity, won't he? 
Are we willing to let Jesus Christ lead in our lives this morning? He has given you each of you a gift, a talent. And we desperately need to let those talents be in charge, flow from us in charge, Christ in charge. This morning, we are approaching the end of time. We have not a whole lot longer, I believe. But time for some of us will run out before Jesus comes. We'll run out. What will Jesus write about you? And how you use your gifts for him. Or will it just be a pile of rock in the desert? For it says this in 2 Samuel 18, 18. Now Absalom in his lifetime had taken, had taken and set up for himself a pillar for which is which is in the king's valley for he said i have no sons to preserve my name so he named the pillar after his own name and it is called absalom's monument today a forgotten monument forgotten person or do you want to be one of those people on the sea of glass where someone walks up to you and says, thank you for using your gifts to touch my life. Touch my life. Judas could have been one of those. Absalom could have been in one of those. But both so far, they use their gifts for themselves. Let us use the gifts that Jesus Christ has given us to touch other lives for the kingdom. Not just our own life. Let us spend our time letting others see the power of Christ using his skills he's given each one of us.